But uh, Hebrews 11.24, Hebrews 11.24, I want to read this and then we'll, we'll get into that. But let's just pray. Father, thank you that you have created life. You created everyone in this room and, and every one of us are precious in your sight. And so, Lord, let us never take life for granted. And we pray that you would remind us that you love every person on this earth. And I pray that we would be able to be your light and we would be, Lord God, really deliverers as Moses was a deliverer to his people and to the nations around him. That we would live beyond ourselves through living in faith. We would see beyond our own lives and see the lives of those around us. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us today? We don't want to just be stirred. We want to be moved today. We want to be changed by the Word because the Word is living. It's active. Holy Spirit, have your way right now. We need you. I humble myself in your sight, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. This is the faith uh, chapter. If you, and you should, I encourage you this week if you can or next week, read Hebrews 11. It just talks about by faith how, how things happen. And so Hebrews 11 verses 24 through uh, 27 this morning. It says, verse 24, By faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated among, along the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of, of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt and not fearing the king's anger, he persevered because he saw him who was invisible. So this morning, I want us to be reminded. So I've been reading uh, my own personal Bible study time is in Genesis and now in Exodus. And how when Moses was born, that the, the king of, of Egypt, the Pharaoh, uh, wanted to destroy all the babies. And so um, uh, Moses' mom put him in, in, a, in a basket, sent him down the river, and then he was found by Pharaoh's daughter. And uh, so we see that so really Moses was a deliverer. And then later on, he, as we know, and if you've seen the, the movies and the different types of shows and all that, that Moses was then raised up in, in Egypt. He would have been a ruler in Egypt. He would have been the king uh, per se but he would have been a ruler in Egypt and he forsook that and if you got to remember Egypt at that time was one of the most powerful nations there were many there so he could have lived a life of luxury he was educated the best way he could have lived all that but he turned his, he turned away from that knowing that God had a greater plan for his life and so this morning I want to talk about this so last Monday we celebrated Martin Luther King Day it was exciting for some and uh, and then some of us I know it's kind of heavy I'm going to move us on but I really was troubled this week as, as hopefully some of you were when when we saw that in the state of New York they were they uh, have allowed now for late term abortions even up to the time of birth and I know it's well past standard specific for women in trouble it's like any time a baby's life is aborted it's just not a good thing and so I was troubled, and so some people celebrated this. Some people uh, were, were heartbroken. Uh, some voiced their opinions, but many people were just silent. And if, if you're not reading the Bible, if you're not seeing what's happening in our world, there's a contract against humans. And there's this being, and, and his name is Satan. He hates you. He hates your life. He hates all humans. And if you look at this here in, in, in the if you go back to the book of Genesis and Exodus, you read about that, that the Pharaoh, the world system, went out to kill babies. And later on throughout Israel's history, they fell away from God and they were then themselves, they were burning children to the god Molech. 
And then later when Jesus was born, there was a few other times, but later when Jesus was born, then uh, King Herod was had all the babies in, in Bethlehem under two years old destroyed. If you don't recognize this, this is the work of the enemy. Because there's hope in the next generation. There's, I mean, when you see babies, and every time I watch that video, I begin to cry, and I think about my kids, and now they're older, and I think about your kids, and, and, and every person has a divine purpose in life. And I think then when we, today's also to, for, for us to remember the Holocaust, where Hitler just turned a whole nation away from God, and, and in the name of whatever they did, the Aryan race, that they destroyed six million Jews. And not only that, but they killed other millions of people as well. And what happened was because the, the, he made the economy good and all this stuff and there was safety, there was health care and all that stuff. So that was said, yes, this is good. But at the same time, they were busting and shipping off these Jews and other people that weren't, that were dissidents to, to the, to the Nazi regime. And you see, this happens in, this has happened in Russia. It's happened in China, in, uh, uh, Cuba and, and different countries where this has happened. And we, we think, well, you know what? I got my Starbucks. I got my Netflix, uh, you know, I have a nice car, I got a job, you know, that doesn't affect me, but in time, it's going to affect you. You're like, wow, Pastor, I, I was ready for an uh, encouraging message today. I was ready for you to be hyper today. Well, I wanted to have that message, but today, I've just this week, I was just burdened. Burdened that as a nation, we are celebrating the death of a child before it's even born. And then you go, oh, Pastor Stan, you know, this is when the mother's in trouble or when the, the mom has been raped and all that. I, I don't care because there are thousands of people lined up to wait to adopt babies. Hundreds of that they're waiting, but we make it so hard for them, but we make it so easy for us to just to destroy babies whom God created. And so this morning, I'm coming at it heavy, and this is burdening on my heart because Pastor Stan Nelson is called not to entertain you, but to empower you through the Holy Spirit. And I've been called to help you and I to reach our community, touch our world, to touch this world that is off. I think about the America that I grew up in. It's not the same. And it's never going to be the same. I, there, there's no, it's not going to be the same. But here's the thing. is God is not saying for us to change the culture or to fight the culture, we must create a new culture where we come back to the power of God again in the church and we go out and, and we were praying this morning in our prayer time and I was thinking, man, Lord, I want my children to see what I've seen with my own eyes in the power of God that for a few generations have not seen what I've seen and I want greater things to happen. And so you think, well, Pastor Dan, what, what can I do? I, I don't live in New York. I, I don't know what's going on. I'm just one person and it's make, it, our nation is making it harder for people to speak up and I think about Nazi Germany. And if you've never, there, there's a pastor, uh, Pastor Neimuller, you can find his quote. It talked about how, um, how people just, they, they just kept quiet. You know, they, they took, they took the socialists, I said nothing. They took the unionists, I said nothing. They took the Jews, and I said nothing. And then when I, they came for me, there was no one there to say anything. And you see, we get so caught up in our little worlds. Oh, you know, it's tough. I couldn't find the right shoes. And boy, they didn't have my right food at the restaurant. And it's like, but, but is really that's what's most important in life? I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to wake up the church. I'm trying to wake you and I up that we're saying, you know what? Enough is enough. We have power. We have the gospel. We have God. He is on our side. Come on, amen. 
And you see, if you look through history, men and women throughout history have stood up and were willing to be mistreated and even give their lives so others could live. I I think about this morning, and, and if you've never understood the history of that great hymn that we sing, Amazing Grace, we don't sing it as much, but Amazing Grace was written by a man named Newton, John Newton. He was a slave trader. If you ever think about the word that says, a worm such as I. I mean, why would you put that in the song? A worm is such as I. Because he knew what evil he did before he got saved and delivered from slave trade. And together, of course, he inspired a man named William Wilberforce in England and they outlawed slavery in England before the United States did. These men stood up. Martin Luther King Jr. stood up against racial injustices. We think that's someone else's job, Pastor Stan. I'm just an IT person. I'm just a teacher. I'm just a student. No, God is saying that every believer in Jesus Christ has the ability to be a deliverer. And you look at Jesus, of course, was a great example, but another good example, of course, we're talking about right now is in Hebrews 11 where Moses, he was willing to be mistreated with the people of God to be willing to be a vessel of deliverance. He forsook the world system. He had it all. I mean, he could have had people like, hey, grapes, right now. Hummus, naan, meat, shoes, go work. I mean, that's the kind of life he could have had. Better than your Alexa. Better than your Google. I mean, he, he, he had that life and he said, I don't want that life. And unfortunately, he tried to take things in his own hand and he saw his own people being mistreated and he goes out in his own power and he tries to, he kills an Egyptian and that gets him in trouble. But God still had a plan. He forgave him and had a plan for his life. And see, my hope this morning for the few minutes that I have you is that today the Spirit of God would burn into your heart that you have a purpose that's beyond just paying bills and just having nice shoes and having a nice place. And I want you to have those things, please. But I want you to know that at the end of our lives, we're going to stand before God one day and say, did you do that? No, I was busy doing this. Pastor Stan never preached that. The church never did this. The government never did that. And God said, I didn't ask about that. What did you do with your life? We're all going to stand before God. And we, we talked about that in prayer. Where And I know I, I have this message about the parables and I've been waiting. I'm going to give it to you later. But God gives each of us talents and, and abilities. And if we sit on them, He's going to hold us accountable. Don't be fooled. Well, God's not all about love and uh, candy, you know, whatever that... Uh, I love that, that Dr. Evans was saying, cotton candy. God is a God of love, but He also gives us purpose. I know I'm, this is heavy, but here we go. It's going to get exciting. You see, because God gives you the ability to be a deliverer for a nation, for a people. And God has given us today an anointing of the Holy Spirit and the, the, the empowering of the, of the cross and then the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So this morning, for a little bit, I want to talk about five things that that a deliverer will do. There were five things. There were more, but there were five things I want to key on this morning that Moses did that helped him deliver his nation and actually helped the world. Are you ready? Are you ready? Because you're going to get it, all right? Here we go. So the first thing is this, is Moses identified with his nation. Moses identified with his nation. Now again, he was sent off in a, in a, a basket and he could have been identified as an Egyptian. He had the right. He had that life, but instead he identified with the Hebrews who were enslaved over 400 years. It says that then when they finally delivered over 400 years of slavery. 
And in order for you and I, and you got to get this because I know, I know I've kind of checked out a little bit, um, uh, you know, out of, out of things in this nation at times. You know, God have mercy. You know, Jesus take the wheel. Come soon, Lord Jesus. I've prayed those prayers <laughs> lately. But I've been reminded, you know what? No. And I, I'm sorry, I have to repent. Last week I misled you. Okay, I'm going to confess. I told you I was 43. I'm 53. Okay, I, I didn't purposely do that. I just, you know, when you get old, you forget things. What were we talking about again? So here's what I'm saying, though. You see, in order for us to be deliverers, we must identify with the nation we live, the nation we were born with, and, and you must believe that God cares. Because I, I, cause it, it's easy for you on social media to bash somebody and to say, oh, oh blah, but it's, it takes a man or a woman of God to say, you know what, I live in this nation, I need to do something about this. Please vote. Please pray. Please do rallies. But please identify and look at all these people and say, you know what, Just Jesus looked over Jerusalem and said he saw them as helpless, harassed. And look at people, instead of bashing them because they don't agree with you politically or they don't look like you or they don't, they don't act like you, instead of bashing them, say, you know what, they are lost without Jesus. I'm lost without Jesus. And let me identify with people because God loves people. Come on, amen? The Bible says that whoever believes in Him should not perish. All people. Come on, all people. So you and I, we need to see ourselves as part of a nation. And too many Christians see themselves in, as, as existing apart from their nation. Well, I'm a citizen of heaven, Pastor. You even say that. And yes, that's absolutely right. This nation, I'm glad. I'm, I'm thank God I was born in this nation. I'm thank God I'm a citizen. Thank God that I vote. But more importantly, yes, I thank God that I'm a citizen of heaven. But in the same sense, I said to live here and be a light in this nation stand up for what he's called me to stand up be, be whatever I've called to been called and so you and I we need to stop dismissing well I'm not a Republican I'm not a Democrat not my president not my church I mean that's so immature anybody can do that it takes a man it takes a woman to stand up so you know what I may not agree with that I may not vote like that but this is my place and I want the future generations to know Jesus Christ. I want the future church to continue to grow and, and whatever. Whether you agree with the president or not or the past president, the, the, the coming president, it doesn't really matter because too many Christians have checked out. Come on. Too many Christians have already checked out and it's impossible. It's impossible to separate ourselves from the nation we live in or the nation you're from. And God never intended for us to isolate ourselves away from the nation we live in. He intended us to engage the nation. Go and make disciples of all nations. He says to be in the world, but not of the world. Don't, don't practice their practices, but live in the world and be a light, salt and light. Remember Jesus said that throughout. So you and I, if we're going to be deliverers of the nation or the nations of the world, we must identify with where we live. You see, because you're part of a family, you have a workplace, and there's a local church. And so God created us to be living in community. We cannot escape that. And so we must take responsibility for what God gives us. So you know what? Sure, I may not have an audience with the president or the governor or, or the CEOs, but I have audience with people around me. And if you were here last week, you got to know that you can touch one person who can touch one person who can touch another person. And if you, if you didn't listen on the iTunes, you can listen to the message. It's, or you go to our website, click on the little earphones down there. You can click on the message. And it talks at the end of the message, I talked about how um, a, a man went and talked to D.L. Moody, who was a shoe salesman. D.L. Moody got saved, became a great evangelist. He talked to different people. And from that, that man 
touching D.L. Moody, Billy Graham got saved down the road. And you think, well, I'm nobody. If you keep thinking that, that's exactly what the devil wants you to think. Well, Pastor Stan, I can't make a difference in New York. Well, yes, you can. You can pray. You can have power. You can influence your people around you. And so here it is. Here's Jeremiah. We love to quote Jeremiah 29.11, but Jeremiah 29.7 says this, Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Shame on us for praying for a president to fail. Shame on us praying for a nation to fail. Shame on us praying for people to be destroyed. Pray that bad policies fail, yes. Pray that wickedness fails, yes. But pray for the peace and the prosperity of the city. You're like, well, yeah, I don't, I'm, I was called this city. I'm in captivity. Then you need to start treating it like Jeremiah said. We are light where are we at. Your workplace. Maybe it's evil. Maybe it's dark, but God is calling you. So you need to pray for it. You need to be, you need to bring prosperity through it to the gospel of Jesus Christ. This scripture says that you and I cannot excuse ourselves from working for the good of our nation, our community, our workplaces, our home, our neighborhoods. We are, we are to bring peace. You have a fix for the economy. You have a fix for the political problems. Um, you and I have a fix for this wicked entertainment that comes across our... It used to be TV airways. Now it's on their computer. It's, it's every day that the wickedness... And I do. I shake my head sometimes saying, I've watched that. I can't believe I watched that. That's evil. God identifies you with where you live as your people, as your nation. And until we see this, we are going to miss the heart of God. See, we're praying, oh God, bring a movement, bring a movement. He's moving out there. He's waiting. He says, when you move out there, then there'll be a movement here. When you see what I'm doing and you go out there and do it, you see the problem is our nation and our church is in trouble because too many believers see themselves as consumers and as participants. Then participants. Then deliverers. You see, you don't come to have your needs met at the church. You come to be part of God's kingdom. And I'm not going to read it, but Moses actively was involved and identified with his nation. You read this sometime. Deuteronomy 9, 18-20. He's prayed and fasted for 40 days for his people because God at more, God in more times than one wanted to destroy the children of Israel. And Moses interceded for them. In fact, I mentioned this to some people this week that God was even about to destroy Moses before he became. It's, the word says that, he, that God intended to kill Moses because his child was not circumcised. And that's a whole other story. God has a plan for our lives. And we... Instead of us saying, oh, they're going to burn in New York City. Oh, the White House is going to burn. Or, or that Democrat's going to burn. We need to stop saying, no, Lord, would you have mercy on them? Would you have mercy on us? That we have the gospel which can change lives, but yet we sit on it. We hide it. You see, Moses was willing to give up the comforts of Pharaoh's palace to be identified with the people of his life, which were in slavery. You see, once this spirit was it is gets within us, so you know what? I am a child of God. I, I I am a foreigner living in a foreign land, but I am still called to make a difference here. Once that spirit gets in, you can hopefully never, ever again just coast through life again. 
and say, that's someone else's job. That's Pastor Stan's job. That's the missionary's job. No, you are the missionary to that place. You are missionary where you work and where you live. And once this spirit of deliverance gets in your heart, saying, I'm a child of God. I have an answer from God. You will see the affairs of your nation, your family, and as your workplace and your business very much as something you can touch. Well, Pastor Stan, you're, again, you're talking a big thing. I can't do anything about it. But when you have the mentality, that's right. But if you say, you know, I can touch one person. I can influence people. I can say something. I can encourage. I can live a godly life. You're going to begin to see some change in, in your life. The second part about Moses is not only did he identify with his nation, but he also spoke for God. You are spokesman or spokeswoman for God. Not me, Pastor Stan. I wasn't called to ministry. Every believer is called to be a light. In fact, Corinthians says that we are Christ ambassadors. Every one of you are an ambassador for Jesus Christ for wherever you live, wherever you go to school, wherever you work. And see, it's not good enough. It's not enough for us to hide God's word in our heart if we're not going to act on it. I know the psalmist David said, I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. But also the word of God, Jesus said, I am, I am the way, the truth. I'm, I am the living God and I am the life. And when I'm in you, it changes your life. Come on, amen? And so if you hide the word of God in your heart, it's going to change the way you live. It's going to change the way you think. It's going to change the way you act. And you are a spokesperson for God. And you must speak for God in your sphere of influence. If you don't represent or promote kingdom principles, you're harming your workplace. You're harming your family. You're harming your nation. You're harming this world. You have influence greater than you think. Well, I don't. So I I was thinking about a few weeks ago, I was at a Rotary meeting, and I know some of them listen. Hey, Rotary guys, I love you. But... At the, at the lunch table, the, 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 the conversation was becoming inappropriate. And a couple guys, they thought it was funny. I said, guys, this is, this is not right. This is inappropriate talk. Oh, come on. I said, no, it's wrong. And I even said, the Bible says it's wrong. So you need to stop. And one guy, man, who, who do you, right. You know, I said, even if it's not, you don't believe in the Bible, it's wrong. And one of the men, who's a Jewish man, said, you know what, Stan, that is right. You're right. This is inappropriate. We should not be talking like this. You don't have to go around your Bible and thump people at work, but when they're talking seditious thoughts, when they're talking evil, when they're like, you know, when they're demeaning a man or a woman, and, and, and you, you say, you know what, that's not, that's probably, we really shouldn't do that. That's not right. It's that simple. No, it is. You see, God has placed you there as his spokesperson. I'm not saying you have to always demean people or call them out, but also it could be a God idea. Think about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were the top. Moses, he was at the top. Joseph, remember him? He was at the top. He influenced the nation. You're like, Pastor, I don't have that influence. But you can if you just allow God to speak through you. And it's not always negative. Sometimes the church is known more for what we're against than what we're for. But go in there as a spokesperson for God because God can give you ideas and plans that can help prosper your business, your government, your, your job. And everywhere you go, you are a Moses. Accept it or not, it's just the way it is. People on this earth need a deliverer and you are one of those deliverers. You are a spokesperson for God and you must see yourself beyond that. Here's some ways. How do you how do you speak for God at work? Well, thanks for asking. Let me tell you. By promoting kingdom principles. 
Forgive, and you will be forgiven. I know at work, at lunchtime, you guys badmouth each other all the time. What a waste of lunch. And then you talk about the Redskins. What another waste of lunch. I'm just kidding. You talk about the Broncos. That's even a worse waste of lunch. And the Caps, oh boy. Hockey. Like, what's that? Anyway. But think about that. Promote goodness at work. Promote good things. Don't always focus. And because I do, I focus on negative sometimes. I get discouraged. But stop doing that. Focus on the positive. Hey, how can we change? How can we grow? Or, you know, these are some great things. And gospel principles work. You don't have to preach gospel principles, but you can live it out in front of them. Come on, amen. You can be, you can encourage people. You can pray for people. You, you have influence. So how do you influence at work? Again, don't be fake positive. But look at your coworkers and, and just befriend them. Be a friend to them. I know some of them are evil. I know that. I know they're sons of Satan. But they're waiting to be delivered. And they, they need someone to speak life into them. They need someone to will help them. You can stand up for integrity, justice, patience, honesty, respect, and compassion. You are a deliverer for your corrupt corporation. And when, you're, when your corporation does evil stuff, you can say, you know what, that's not right for us to rip off the customer. Because God blesses righteousness. And when a business or a nation begins to promote wickedness, it fails. But when a business or a church or a nation or a company begins to stand up for righteousness and do the good things and prosper other people, then God blesses that. You see, Christians are the most valuable people of the workplace. Christians are the most valuable citizens of the nation. Hospitals, universities, many of them were started here in the United States by Christians. Orphanages, I know we don't do that as much more. Compassion things that help the homeless, things that help people, social injustice. Those were all started by Christians, by the way. But now we've dismissed ourselves from things. We don't get involved in those things. And I know some of them are not always godly, but we can still be a light. We can still be spokespeople. Come on, amen? You see, Christians, when you, when you come into the equation, because Jesus lives within you, when you come into a workplace that's dark, all of a sudden you light up the room. I'm not saying you have to be, hey, I'm the, I'm the life of the party. I'm not saying that. I'm saying Jesus and you going to work makes a big difference. And yes, some people are going to dislike you because you have Jesus, but others are going to say, you know what? This person brings hope. This person brings encouragement. This person, they bring something different that our workplace doesn't have. Come on, you got to see yourself like that. Well, I just go to work. I keep my head down. Stop keeping your head down. Keep your eyes up. And say, how can I minister? How can I love these people? How can I befriend them? How can I be Christ to them? This is, you are a spokesperson for God at your work, in your home, in your school, in your classroom. Come on, amen? Each of us have the manifest presence of God in our lives. And God reveals His love through people. Not programs, through people. He can use a program, but it's always through people. Come on, amen? Amen. So the second thing is, again, God speaks through people. So Moses Moses said, you know what? I'm a spokesperson for God. Then the third thing is Moses confronted Pharaoh. Moses confronted Pharaoh. Some of you are like, oh yeah, I love this. I'm going to roll my... I'm going to confront President Trump. I'm going to confront Pastor Stan. I'm going to confront President Obama. I, oh yeah, Pastor, I was waiting for this. Woo, come on, let's fight. Yeah, boy. No, that, that's not what this means. 
Because if you go around fighting everybody, then that, again, our battle's not against flesh and blood. Our battle's against principalities and powers of darkness. And you have powerful authority. You have Ephesians 6, 10 through, you need to read it. 10 through 18 talks about the weapons of God. It says, be strong in the power of the Lord. And, it, and the Holy Spirit is given to us to baptize us with the Holy Spirit to be empowered. But you see, Moses would, would then say, you know what? I'm called by God to speak to a nation and even confront Pharaoh. Did you look how when he went to Pharaoh, he didn't say, yo, Pharaoh, you fool. Yo, Pharaoh, you're an idiot. You ain't my king. You know how did he went humbly? He talked to him in respect. You don't win people by making them look like fools. When you go disrespecting someone, they, they're not going to hear a word you're going to say. When you go to the principal's office, you go to the boss's office, you go to the president's office, and you disrespect them, they're not going to listen to you. But when you go in respect to listen, I, I don't agree with you in this area, I respect your call of office, but I'm here to help. How can I help? But this is, this is a, a different way to approach it. Now Moses and Pharaoh, they knew each other, they grew up with each other. And I knew Pharaoh, because if you know, if you grew up with brothers and sisters, you know their faults, right? He knew that Pharaoh had these fears, you know, or whatever. I mean, he, and he knew that. And, and of course, Pharaoh knew Moses' weaknesses too. But Moses went to him and said, hey, Pharaoh, king, when Daniel went and spoke to the kings, do you remember, do you remember how he spoke to the kings? Not my king. No, he said, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, live forever. You need to treat authority as God treats authority. He sets up authority, whether you like it or not. Well, Hitler, you know, now that's a little bit different. That was the rise of the devil. I know I, my thought went there because I've already people say, what? Trump, Hitler, Obama, Hitler. You got to stop that. That's not happening in this nation. Wake up. It could, but it's not. You know, I don't see... Anyway, I'm sorry. Lord, let me get back. What are we talking about, Lord? You can confront Pharaoh. And that's really... Pharaoh is the world system. God's message through Moses was, let my people go. And see, you and I, we are confronting a world system. So again, it goes back to Ephesians 6, 10. The weapons we fight white with, Second Corinthians 10 and then Ephesians 6, 10... Our battle's not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Daniel understood that. He respected humans, but he fought against the principalities and powers. And you and I need to move on. In fact, I have it, and you can get it later. And I passed them out on Wednesday night, but I have just a handful of these. They're binding and defeating Satan in prayer. And how Scripture talks about that. Because sometimes if you've ever... Like, I grew up in a church, and we prayed, and we, we never understood. And when I went, I went from a... Just telling you, I went from a Baptist church to a Pentecostal church. A whole different world. And the Pentecostals knew, I mean, the Baptists, they were good at, we, we won a lot of people to the Lord, we discipled them. But the Pentecostal church did the same, but in the power of God, and we, we learned how to pray. And anyway, it was kind of different when I heard, started hearing them, I bind the name of Jesus. I, I, and I'm like, what is binding? What is that? In the name, of, I cover them in the blood of Jesus. I'm like, this is weird. But I began to study the scriptures like, oh, I see what they're doing. They're proclaiming scriptures. So I have these up here. There's a handful of them. If you don't get it, I can email it to you as well. But I'm going to call you to stop disrespecting people and start loving on them. And lovingly say, you know what? I don't agree with you on this. 
In fact, if you haven't, whenever the government does something that's evil in your eyes or is evil, you need to email them. You need to call them and say, listen, I, disrespe- I, I, dis- I, 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 I don't want to disrespect you, but I don't agree with this. I think this, because what happens is now we're just quiet Christians. Well, I'm just living my little life. We sing our songs. Pastor Stan gets me encouraged, or I don't, I scratch my head sometimes at Pastor Stan, but at least it's funny. Hey. And no, I'm challenging you that you need to call your senator. You need to, you need to email people when, when they do wrong. Meet with teachers and principals if you have to. Don't do it mean, but say, listen, I'm concerned about this. Meet with your boss privately. Say, listen, what we're doing, I'm not sure if this is the right thing for us to do. Overcharging people? That's not the right thing to do. Come on. Because God blesses people that stand up for righteousness. And when you can speak into their lives, sometimes they listen. Sometimes they go, oh, wait a minute, you're right. This was the right thing to do. Stop saying, I'm only a worker. I'm only a college student. I'm only a visitor. I don't, I'm not a citizen of this land. Moses really wasn't a citizen of Egypt. Well, I can't vote here. You can pray here. Yeah, come on. It just fo- You can pray wherever you live, wherever you're at. You can pray. You may not have influence over the boss or the president or the nation, but you can pray. Come on, amen. And God gives us power through the Holy Spirit. Uh, Ephesians 3.10, look that up. It's not on your notes. Look it up. It says that through the church, God is going to uh, oppose the darkness. It says that the church, His manifest presence is to be made known to principalities. Through the church. You are the church. I am the church. God gives us His authority. Matthew 28.18-20, it says He gives us authority. Um, we talk about this Acts 1.8 and Acts 2.4 God says the Holy Spirit is given to us and, and we absolutely believe in speaking in tongues but it's not just about speaking in tongues it's about going out in the power of the Holy Spirit laying hands on people raising people up praying for things binding things we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and God gives it to empower us not for us to feel good and there are times when you're going to feel good and there's times when it's just it's you like I said Friday preparing for the message I was just broken heartbroken and I know I heard the news of the, what happened in New York earlier but it was just Friday it was just, it just was I was heartbroken I was praying in the spirit I was praying in English I was just on my knees sometimes I was like oh God the church has to wake up we have the power we have the ability to change the nation we can we can confront wicked forces of evil through the power of love the, sec- the fourth thing, I'm sorry, number four is, is that Moses raised up leaders. You see, as Christians, your job is to make disciples who are making disciples. Come on. Your job is to make disciples who are making disciples. My job is to help you become a disciple maker. So, so Moses, as you remember, Moses had, had over, overseen over a million people. They were wandering in the desert and he could not, he was overwhelmed day and night. He was up there trying to make the decisions. He was trying to help them. They kept coming to him, Pastor Moses, Pastor Moses, President Moses, uh, Premier Moses, whatever. And he couldn't. And so his uncle says, uh, his father-in-law, Jethro says, you know, you're going to wear yourself out. You need to raise up people. You need to raise up leaders of tens, twenties, hundreds, thousands. And so he then raised up disciples. See, this is the biblical pattern. You can multiply yourself. In our prayer time this morning, we talked about that. We are to multiply ourselves through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, Matthew 20, 18 through 20, 19 through 20, go and make disciples of all nations. We cannot think our prayers alone are convert leaders. We cannot blindly hope that God will raise up good leaders, we must actually do that ourselves. 
We must be godly people and we must raise up. We're working on our children's ministries, our youth ministries. Would you help us? I mean, Olivia and I and Michaela, we went and interviewed a, a young person who potentially could come in and help us with youth ministries. Would you help us by investing time in prayer with us and, and helping us with our young adults as we try to get this ministry restarted and growing again? Would you help us be involved in having small groups by going to the small groups? Don't say to me you're busy. Everyone in this room is busy. But if you can watch Netflix for three hours, don't give me ever give me the excuse. I'm busy. Why well, don't I watch Netflix? I watch Prime Video. <laughs> if you can scroll on your social media for an hour and realize, oh, I just wasted time. You have time for a life group in the week. Oh, pastor, I work 24-7. No one works 24-7. You need to shut off sometimes. Come on, amen. All right, that's extra. We are called to make disciples, not money, not machinery, not things. We are called to make disciples. And we are actively to raise up leaders from within our ranks and those that work in the school around us. We must invest in our teens and our kids. We must invest in the younger generation. We must invest in the older generation. You see, one day, those people that we touch, they might be the CEO, they might be the president, they might be a great scientist, they might be a professor, they might be a general, they might be a business owner, but has, who have godly influences. Because we train them up to be disciples for Jesus Christ instead of disciples of the world and Apple and Amazon. Right? All right. Moses learned that he could not do it by himself. So, uh, kingdom, just let me just tell you, kingdom, kingdom leadership exalts people. Human leadership puts people down. Kingdom leadership helps people find their gifts and helps them excel at it. Worldly leadership takes that person and sucks their gift out until they're dead and uses it for their own glory. And you and I need to raise people up and say, you know, how can we further people? How can we make people better? How can we release people? Kingdom leadership is others-focused. Worldly leadership is me-focused. How can I use you to get ahead? Kingdom mind says, how can I help you get ahead? And how can we all get ahead together? Ungodly rulers rule by control, by restriction, by intimidation, by fear. Godly leaders lead by liberating people to be people of influence, helping them, encouraging them, and finding their gifts. Our job is to do as Jesus did. Served other people so they could be free. Our society says be served. The more servants you have, the better you are. God says the, the, the more of a servant you are, the better you are. Do you see what I'm saying? We must raise our children to be servants of God and servants of mankind. And many of them are willing now. But the world is telling them to serve a different cause, a different purpose that's not of God. We must teach them godly ways. Come on, amen? Number, the, the, number five. Are you still with me? Because you're a deliverer. Moses was insulted by ungodliness. Moses was insulted by ungodliness. I think of my own life where things that I used to think were wrong, now I don't even think about them anymore. I've become so numb. And, 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 and Robert, can you come here just for a second? I've used this example years ago, but I love Robert. He's an awesome man. Yes. 
So now Robert is still, Robert loves Jesus. He's filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? This is just an example. He's a good guy. Just say Robert's a good guy. Okay. You have to affirm him, okay? So what's happened was, come over here, Robert. Come here for a second. Okay, so, so Robert, again, this is now an example. So Robert is in the world. He's the world system, okay? Just, just an example. Por ejemplo. It's not real. No está real, okay? I'm a Christian. Okay, and, and I'm saying, well, I'm keeping my distance from the world. I'm not like them. I don't smell like them. I don't look like them. Thank God. No, Robert's awesome. He's handsome. Muy guapo, right? Uh, and so what happens is, so the world is, is in this place. And so back in that day, you know, whatever the standard was, we're like, I'm not like the world. So Robert, step over that way. And so here's the morals. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm still distant to Robert, but I'm not like Robert. Here's the way, I've just crossed a, in, in, in a day, the church said I would never cross that line. And now, aborting babies. So let's say, what well, I don't abort babies and I don't agree with it. Go ahead, Robert, step along. I'm not like Robert. I'm not like the world, not Robert. Marriage between man and woman. Go ahead, Robert, step aside. I'm not like him. You see where the church has come now? Thank you, Robert. Robert loves God. Thank you, Robert. I love you. And so what's happened is we keep moving. Every time the world moves, we're like, I'm not like them. But we move in the place where they were. And I, I was convicted. And I mean it. There's some stuff that I've watched on Netflix. I'm, you know what? I shouldn't be watching that. Why am I even Why am I even letting that in my mind? And you see, we're like, oh, I'm not like the world. I'm not doing that. I don't get drunk as much as they do. Well, let me tell you, the scripture says, do not to, to be drunk. Well, I, I only just look at my horoscope. I don't do seances. The Bible says, you're not just even look at that. You see, the things of the world, we just keep moving along. And we're like, I'm not of the world, but yet we keep moving along. And now we're in that. The whole marriage between one man and one woman. Now the whole gender identity confusion. That's the devil. Well, you know, or, you know what? People can marry who they want. No, because then they're going to marry dogs and horses and robots. You think I'm kidding, but that's the next step. Ah, well, they can do what they want. No, because that comes out in, pri- in public all the time. Hitler hated Jews in private. It began to grow. It began to grow from his youth until his adulthood, until he got to the place, then he began to turned the nation to Jews were productive people and now they started hating Jews why because the church just kept saying well the economy's better we have health care we have food on the table and the story was the accounts that there are places when when the Jews were being trained by the church they were just sing louder to drown out the, the cries of the Jewish people being taken to death camps and you and I we just pop in our earphones we turn it up I don't need to worry about that. I got my Starbucks. I got Netflix. I got my social media. I can be a social warrior on social media. Mm. Yeah, I could. Mm. Yeah. Mm. How many people have been saved because of your mm? How many of them are in church today because you went mm? Yeah. You see, Moses was shocked at the ungodliness. And I'm not saying we need to go out and say, that's evil, you're evil, but you say, you know what, I don't need to participate like that. I don't need to act like that. 
I don't need to get stoned to be like them. That's the thing is we're trying to become so much like the world we've forgotten who God is. I know this is old timey preaching, but you got, we got to hear it again. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel said they did not defile themselves with the king's purposes. They were not of that world. And look where God elevated. We want, we try to be like the world so we're elevated, but we actually, we just give Christ a black eye. I mean, when you're gossiping at work just like everyone else, or you're, you're getting, when, when it's Friday night, it's like, woo, Friday night, and you're drunk as them? Hey, come to my church. Like, why? I like this church better. This is for me too. You see, this feeling, he, Moses was insulted by the ungodliness and the unfair treatment that he saw on, on his people. This feeling inspired him to do great things for God. And in our time, ungodliness and evil, they point their fingers at the church and they say, I dare you to do something, church. Well, we'll lose our legal status. So what? I may go to jail. Some of you are like, well, I don't care. I got a job. It's your responsibility to take care of my family, by the way, if I go to jail for preaching the gospel. Well, I'm, I'm not going to... You see, Daniel was thrown in the lion's den. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into a fire furnace, but God delivered them. So God is my deliverer. Whether I live or die, for the sake of the gospel. Church, God is calling us back not to being weird and, you know, King James only and wearing black suits and dresses and, and carrying a big Bible. No, we need to be different. We're not of this world. We don't have to partake of the world. We don't have to partake and act like them. We can still be godly and still have fun. It's true. Come on. But you see, Pharaoh's system kept trying to woo the people and the world system keeps... In fact, they're shouting even loudly through the media and through secular culture. They've changed the laws of marriage and abortion. Uh, paganism. I mean, witchcraft is on the rise. We just We just see hedonism. I mean violence like crazy but we're like well the government needs to do something you can get on your knees and pray against violence man I I can go all day but I need help because I need to work on this as well you see many churches and Christians we shut the doors and we cry and we weep and we pray oh Jesus come come soon Jesus come soon oh Jesus come soon and Jesus saying go church go go out go out I will come as soon as you go out in fact the, the gospel say that this gospel we preach to the ends of the earth, then the end will come. You see, we're like, oh, Jesus, please come. Oh, come, come, Jesus. He's like, and the church, God's saying, go, come, Jesus, go, church, go, go. No, Jesus, deliver us from the miracle. He's like, no, you deliver them from evil. Because the gospel is what changes lives. Laws don't change lives. The gospel changes lives. You and I need to stop putting our hope in the president, the next president. You, I mean, if they can't even budget a nation, what makes you think they're going to change the nation? Come on. I know I'm going to get outed by people. I might even lose my chaplaincies. But the church has the answer. His name is Jesus. It's winning one person at a time. Who will win one person? Who will win one person? And you and I need to say, you know what? Enough is enough. Children, it's not right to go gun down either. Kids, you're not, you're not born a different gender. God did not make a mistake. Uh, marriage is between one man and one woman. Come on, abortion is wrong. I mean, what else we need? You know, all this stuff that the world says is okay. It's destroying our nation. 
Come on, amen? We must wake up. We must move to action. Moses was moved. He said, I, I, I'm not of this, but I have an answer. His name is God. You and I are the deliverers to this nation. So here's my last part of this. Are you a willing vessel? And I want you to read this later. I'm not, I'm not going to do this. Isaiah 59, 14 through 16. Number six. Write this down. Isaiah 59, 14 through 16. God sent His Son to save the world. And the instrument that He uses then is the church. You are the church. This morning. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, God was calling out and He said, Who will go for me? Who will go? And Isaiah said, Here am I. Send me, Lord. When Moses saw the burning bush in the desert... He didn't say, God, come on and join me. He went and bowed his knee before God and he said, here, here am I. Abraham, when he met with God, when he had, when, when the angel came to God, his tent, he didn't say, Abraham, join me, uh, God, join me. He said, here am I, God. My question is, are you going to say, here am I, God? Send me to touch the nations. Here am I. Send me to touch my workplace, my home, my school, my community, my children, the next, the next generation. God is calling out to the church. He didn't say angels go out and preach the gospel. He said believers go out and be the gospel. Preach it. Love it. Be the gospel wherever you go. I don't know church. I I cannot sit by and, and watch our nation continue to murder babies. In the name of convenience. Because the next step is they are going to they're going to take me to jail for preaching the gospel. Because then what's going to happen? Because this is what Hitler did. Okay, if they're not born a certain way, if they're not a certain race, they're, they're illegal. And so they're going to do the same thing. And so, so now they're having designer genes and babies. Well, this baby was born black or white. They're not good enough. We want this kind of baby now. And if we don't stand up now, that's going to just be that way. Well, they don't agree with us. They eat red meat, so they got to die. Oh, they, they voted this way, so they got to go. And that's what Hitler started doing. And it's because the church hid. Well, the economy's good now. I got food on my table. I have health insurance. You know, the, the land is safer now. And while the whole time Hitler was taking the hearts and minds of the teenagers, and this was his army of Aryans, which were wicked and evil. And you saw the wicked and evil that Hitler did. And this Stalin did the same thing. Fidel Castro did the same thing. The world is doing the same thing to our kids. He's taking them from under our own noses. And he's making them his disciples because we don't want to stand up for Well, you know, I don't want to ruffle people's feathers. I don't want to, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to be loving. Love can also confront. It doesn't have to be obnoxious. But will you say, God, here am I. Send me. Let me stand up. Let me be the light because see, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were honored by God. But they served. Are you willing to serve God? Are you willing to stand up for Jesus Christ and be a light in your home, your school, your work? You don't have to be the weird one all the time. Sometimes they'll just look at you and say, you are weird, and they'll say, that's fine. I am not of this world, but I'm here to tell you about another world and another man who could set you free from this lifestyle which you are not happy at. For His purpose... Jeremiah 1.5 I have formed you in your mother's womb. I had purpose. 
Psalm 139, you were fearfully and wonderfully made. Your days were planned out. Jeremiah 29.11, for I know the plans that I have for you. Not just for you, but for whole people groups, nations. Come on, amen? Can you imagine if the United States would bow its knee again to Jesus Christ? And we would be the agent of love. The United States used to be one of the largest missionary centers. It still kind of is because of the church. But we would go out and start hospitals and humanitarian groups in the name of Jesus and in love. Imagine if the church would rise up and be light again. 